This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Kenneth Blue? Kenneth Blue was a police officer in Buena Vista Township in the state of Michigan. This is a small police department in an area that has a lot of crime. The officers were no strangers to violent confrontations as they frequently responded to drug crimes, domestic violence calls, robberies, and other serious events. At one point, Kenneth left the department to take a job in another county as a police chief, but then for some reason returned to Buena Vista. He had lost his seniority there, so he was put on third shift patrol. Kenneth was married and would occasionally have extramarital affairs. Sometime around 2000 or 2001, Kenneth met a woman named Jennifer Webb. They started a casual romantic relationship that would last for some time. Jennifer had casual relationships with a number of different men as she searched for a suitable long-term romantic partner. At some point in early 2011, Jennifer became pregnant. Kenneth was the father. Jennifer was excited about having a baby. She found out that it was a boy. She lived in a house by herself and was preparing one of the rooms for the arrival of her son. After her house was mysteriously burglarized on two occasions, she moved back in with her parents. Before moving to the timeline of the crime, let's hear a word from today's sponsor, NordVPN. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there as confirmed by speed tests. There is no need to worry about bandwidth throttling. All the traffic is encrypted, so your internet service provider can't slow your streaming speed. In addition, NordVPN is secure and very easy to use. You can use a one-click option or enable an auto-connect for zero-click protection. They have over 5,200 servers in 60 different countries, allowing a wide selection of connection locations. NordVPN allows you to easily change your virtual location to address concerns created by geo-restricted streaming services and games. NordVPN can easily be accessed from anywhere, whether it's at home or traveling around the world, and it's available on every major platform. It's just a matter of opening a map and clicking on a location. It's that easy. Get an exclusive NordVPN deal at nordvpn.com slash drgrandevpn. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's nordvpn.com slash drgrandevpn. Now moving to the timeline of the crime. On August 30, 2011, when Jennifer Webb was eight and a half months pregnant, she visited a friend of hers in the evening. She told the friend that she was going to list Kenneth as the father on the birth certificate and seek assistance, like child support. She left the friend's home at about 8.30 p.m., telling her that she was going to see the baby's father. Kenneth was on duty that evening. As a safety measure used in the police department, if an officer is out of contact in a given hour, dispatch tries to reach them on the radio to make sure they're okay. The last radio contact with Kenneth was at 9.05 p.m., so dispatch tried to reach him at 10 p.m. They tried for a half hour without success. Kenneth failed to respond to multiple attempts to contact him via his police radio, patrol car computer, and his cell phone. 
After 10.30 p.m., Kenneth attempted to call another officer on an administrative channel and then contacted dispatch, but he did not reveal his location. Another Buena Vista police officer named Tim Patterson went on duty at 10 p.m. and heard the dispatchers trying to reach Kenneth. Tim drove to an area where Kenneth was known to sleep while on duty. As a side note, it's quite reassuring to hear that some police officers sleep when they're supposed to be protecting the public. It's good to know that they're getting enough rest. Tim Patterson found Kenneth's patrol car near a wastewater treatment facility. The spotlight of the vehicle was shining on a Pontiac Aztec SUV, also known as the world's ugliest SUV. Tim exited his vehicle and approached Kenneth. He noticed that Kenneth was sweating profusely even though it was cool outside. Tim assumed that Kenneth had just stumbled upon the SUV and was investigating. They both approached the vehicle. Kenneth stopped advancing and started backing away from the vehicle, saying, there's a body. Tim walked over to the driver's side and saw a woman's body hanging by the neck from an extension cord, which was attached to the roof rack of the SUV. It was Jennifer Webb. Kenneth removed her purse from the SUV. It contained her driver's license, cell phone, and a typewritten note, which appeared to indicate she brought an end to her own life. Kenneth handled the note without wearing gloves. Tim Patterson notified dispatch, and other officers responded to the scene. As Kenneth was going through the purse, he came across Jennifer's driver's license, as I mentioned. This is when he said he recognized who she was. This was about 20 minutes after Tim Patterson arrived. During the course of the investigation, the police found a wealth of evidence connecting Kenneth to the crime, including DNA and blood. DNA tests proved that Kenneth was the father of Jennifer's unborn child. On September 12, 2011, Kenneth Blue was arrested and charged with a number of crimes related to murdering Jennifer and her unborn child, including first-degree premeditated murder. He was convicted on October 11, 2012, and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now moving to my analysis. Was Kenneth Blue actually guilty? He has filed numerous appeals and maintains his innocence. Let's take a look at the factors both for and against the idea that he was guilty, starting with the inculpatory factors. Kenneth was the father of Jennifer's unborn child. She was going to pursue child support, and of course, Kenneth's wife would find out that he was having an affair. This gave him motive. Kenneth told the Michigan State Police that he never had sex with Jennifer Webb. Jennifer told a friend that she was meeting Kenneth that evening. An examination of Jennifer's cell phone revealed phone calls between her and Kenneth. She called him at 8.28 p.m. and at 8.43 p.m. He called her at 8.48 p.m. His last contact with dispatch was 17 minutes later. Then he was mysteriously out of contact until around 10.30 p.m. Kenneth was sweating profusely when Tim Patterson encountered him as if he had just conducted a workout. During his career, Kenneth had responded to a number of gruesome crime scenes. Why did he back away after seeing Jennifer Webb's body? He claimed that he only realized who she was after he saw her driver's license 20 minutes later. After the murder, Kenneth had injuries to his eye, forearm, head, and right index finger. An officer who shared a pizza with Kenneth at 7.30 p.m. on the day of the murder said she did not see anything wrong with his eye at that time. Hello, 
This is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. A great deal of physical evidence tied Kenneth to the crime, for example... His blood was found on the outside and inside of Jennifer's vehicle, on the extension cord, on her clothing, inside his patrol vehicle, and on his uniform. It was also on the inside of a piece of the fingertip area of a latex glove, which was found near Jennifer's body. This piece of latex had Jennifer's saliva on the outside, as if she had bitten his finger during a struggle. Kenneth's DNA was under Jennifer's fingernails, and on a cigarette butt, which was recovered about 195 feet from Jennifer's body. His bloody fingerprint was found on her vehicle. Jennifer had sustained a number of injuries, more so than would have been caused by the extension cord. For example, she had bruises on her face, chest, arms, and hands. In that same location where the cigarette butt was discovered, a piece of necklace containing Jennifer's DNA was found, as well as a spot of her blood. The note found in Jennifer's purse contained 14 fingerprints from Kenneth. He did handle the note at the crime scene. However, on the note, there was no damage evident in the fingerprint from his right index finger, meaning he left that fingerprint before his finger was injured. It looks like this crime was premeditated. The note was typewritten instead of handwritten, and it was written in a manner inconsistent with Jennifer's writing style. An examination of Kenneth's computer revealed that during the summer of 2011, he performed a number of searches for information related to hanging and dying from carotid artery compression. Autopsy results indicated that Jennifer's cause of death was neck compression, 
but it was not caused by hanging. Extension cords similar to the one at the crime scene were found in Kenneth's residence. After Kenneth returned to the police station, he took his laundry bag to his pickup truck. Usually uniforms are sent to a laundry service at the end of the shift. This was unusual behavior. Now moving to the exculpatory factors. There were no witnesses to the murder and no video. That's pretty much it for exculpatory evidence. When considering all the evidence, do I think that Kenneth Blue was guilty? Yes. This is one of the few cases I would say is characterized by overwhelming evidence of guilt. What do I think happened in this case? This is just a theory, my opinion. Kenneth wasn't happy about Jennifer being pregnant. He tried to negotiate with her for several months to find some way out of his situation, but she was excited about having the baby. He became open to the idea of killing her, but he wanted to make it look like she was responsible for her own death. He typed up the note, grabbed an extension cord, and waited for a convenient time. He may have still been hopeful about finding another way out, like he was going to continue to talk to her. When he met her on August 30, 2011, she was pushing the child support issue. He realized that there was no way to discourage her. He used a chokehold to kill her and staged the scene, but he did not anticipate that she would be effective at fighting him. He was injured and bleeding. He contaminated the crime scene with his DNA. As he was working to clean up the crime scene, Tim Patterson found him. Kenneth did the best he could to pretend as though he just stumbled on the scene himself, like they had both arrived there at about the same time. It was new to him. He didn't know what was going on with this SUV. He returned to the crime scene later in civilian clothes, probably hoping to find out how much the police knew, but they ordered him to return to the police station. At this point, he probably realized that he was going to end up in prison for life. This was a poorly planned and executed homicide. He had no chance of getting away with this. Here are a few items that stood out to me in this case. Item number one, Jennifer Webb probably felt safe around Kenneth because he was a police officer. In addition, on the night that she was murdered, he was on duty, wearing a uniform and driving a police vehicle. It probably never occurred to her that he would kill her in this state. The police occasionally kill unarmed suspects while on duty, but usually not people they know. Item number two, for someone who was once a homicide detective, Kenneth did not seem to understand anything about investigating a homicide. Even if he had not left blood and DNA all over the crime scene, the internet searches on his computer, his fingerprints on the note, his unexplained loss of contact with dispatch, and the fact that he was the father of Jennifer's child would have probably been enough to convict him. It's almost like his understanding of planning the perfect murder was from the police perspective, like this was the perfect murder for a suspect being arrested and convicted. If that's what the term perfect murder means, he accomplished his goal. I can imagine him in prison talking to other inmates about this perfect murder, and they tell him, no, a perfect murder is when the criminal commits the murder so they can get away with it. And Kenneth responds, that would have been useful information to know earlier. Item number three, the fact that Kenneth was a police officer makes his behavior even more disturbing. He committed murder simply to save money. This wasn't something that happened in the heat of the moment. This was premeditated. If he was never arrested, he would have continued working like nothing happened. To him, it was no big deal. 
Kenneth appears to have a number of psychopathic characteristics like deceptiveness and a lack of remorse. Low-level psychopathic traits can be helpful for police officers, but this case is an example of what can happen when these traits are too pronounced. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.